Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street, West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich. to episode 727 of the Aussie Tech Heads. Aussie Tech Heads is brought to you by ATH Web Hosting at athwebhosting.com.au. Servers operate on SSD drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, easy install of WordPress, Joomla and Drupal, and startnewcompany.com.au. Register your company fast, easy and direct with ASIC, all documentation provided and held in your account for downloading at any time. If you're an accountant or other professional, you're also able to brand all your documents with your company name. Special discount codes for ATH listeners. Use the cart at the cart. Use ATH20 for a $20 discount. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will Tompkinson. Hey, Will. Hey, mate. How's things? It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> a library? No, what do I do? What's going? <laughs> Lucky I've done radio before. Used to... Really? You in. wouldn't know. Not anymore. <laughs> I did in the past. Oh, dear. <laughs> Finished up my show. Last week was the last one. So last night I just watched Caught It More X-Files. Nothing wrong with that. So Mulder's gone. It's just Scully at the moment. She's nearly gone. So it's mostly Doggett and um, Agent Reyes. What was it on? Uh, was it Fast Forward or Full Frontal? Or was Agent Mulder and Scully? Oh. Yeah, well, it wasn't. Can't remember. <laughs> was just, I just had flashbacks <laughs> to that for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> and Aaron Paul was on an episode when he was young. Uh, I think everybody's been on that show at some point. You should, every time I'm going on Facebook and Twitter, <laughs> oh, I didn't know this person was on there. Black Jack, Jack Black was on there and uh, Seth Green was on there. And uh, all the time it's just, who's that person? I know them from something or other. And there's one I was watching... Oh, the guy who does Monk, mm. he was on there. <laughs> uh, the dude out of uh, Galaxy Quest. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite yeah. character in that show. He's awesome. He's just <laughs> a great, great for, and Men in Black too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jeeves. Yeah, yeah. Jeeves, yeah. <laughs> Next time I'll shoot you where it don't grow back, Jeeves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's great. You sold a reverberating carb carbonated to an unlicensed cephalopod you piece of bleep jeeps <laughs> you looked all right to me uh, sounds like someone i know actually <laughs> <laughs> so i've been been busy with my uh nice hash mining ethereum and getting paid in bitcoin and um, i found out interesting things 
I had a Coinbase account from back in the day. You've got one too, I believe. Yep. And uh, Nice Hash let you <clears throat> withdraw to Coinbase for free. Yep. But uh, I was just doing everything through Binance, so I would send it over to Binance. And then um, I wanted to buy some more vape stuff from the vapestore.com.au. And so I transferred money, I transferred the Bitcoin that I mined into Binance. And I logged on to the vape store and selected everything that I wanted and then hit purchase. And it said, okay, to buy using crypto, you need to uh, link this through to your Coinbase account. So I was like, oh, okay. So I'll have to transfer the Bitcoin to Coinbase first. So I transferred that across and that takes like 20 minutes or so. And then um, once it got there, then I go to the vape store and hit purchase and they say, paste in this wallet for it to go to and we'll just continually scan the blockchain until your payment appears. And it did. And then I got um, new Geek, Geek Vape Aegis X with a Zeus um, filter on the end. So that's it there. It's got an OLED screen that's full color and uh, takes, what do you say they were? 18650s. Yep. Big, big rechargeable batteries that I don't have, which I ordered from eBay from a link that you found, but forgot to hit Send Express. So this, <laughs> I did Send Express and it arrived in two days. Plus, I got a charger for the 18650s. Nice. I got a spare coil. And uh, the, the uh, device actually comes with a little box of spare parts, but it's all kind of packed away in like an iPhone or Samsung type case with everything packed in nicely and pretty designs and a little outside one that slips over the top. And once but you pull it apart, you can never get it back together? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to get the um, gold one. They got one that has a gold mouthpiece up here, a gold around this edging here which looked really nice but they all the ones i wanted were out of stock so i um used that one in another site and signed up to notify me when the um, geek vape aegis x with the zeus coil comes in and uh so they sent me an email saying the new ones are in quick go and get them so i thought oh well, they'll be in there for a while so i watched some x files i thought i'll come have a look and i don't know if they'd had the gold one, gold and black had come in or not, or if they just got sold out very, very quickly, but they didn't have it. But so I got the stealth black, which is just all black. Looks very nice. And uh, all of that stuff was like $245, but I had all that in Bitcoin. So I bought it with that. So I mine <clears throat> with my graphics cards, transfer it for free to Coinbase and purchase it. And I haven't used any of my personal money. Yeah, and because you're mining during the day when you've got solar, you're not, it's not costing you anything to mine. Yeah, and i got the batteries on the house as well, so yep. they can help as well. That's just the first time I've actually bought something with a crypto. I usually buy or convert it into other coins, mm. like Engine or Doge or Shiba or whatever, but um, this time I actually purchased something. Doge is on the rise again. It's yeah, climbed up to fifty-five cents today. So, oh, it's flying up. Yep. Um, engine went up a little bit. Sheba's going up a bit too. Uh, Sheba Ednu is another one that I got some of. <laughs> it's uh, funny because Sheba's the rip-off of Doge, which is the rip-off of of Ethereum. <laughs> 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 
Uh, it's funny, funny, funny. Uh, but um, for like 50 bucks, I got something like 13 and a half million Shiba. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's zero 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 eight. But exactly. if it goes up, it goes but up. Can you imagine if that hits like, that's only got to hit one cent. And suddenly that's worth, you know, $50,000 or whatever it is, yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, so it sounds dumb, but in reality, it's not, not that bad. I mean, it's, it's an investment you can't lose on. Yeah. I mean, it's 30 bucks. It's what it's, you know, you, I mean, well, I remember, you know, when I was growing up and, and even not that long ago, you'd go to a arcade with some mates and you'd spend 30 bucks playing five games of pool. Like, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's not a lot of money. Yeah. Well, the uh, engine... You know, uh, JumpNet has just been released, mm-hmm. and now you can make NFTs for hardly any cost. Whereas before, the gas fees were like a hundred dollars to make like yeah. a thirty-dollar NFT. But um, when uh, Wallet Two Point comes out, you'll be able to stake all your engine, which means you'll be earning another coin um, for not using your engine. Yeah, so, well, I mean, that, and then that that other coin, when you get enough of it accumulated, you can convert into engine to also stake. So it's kind of like compound interest in a way. Mm. Um, I'm just, I'm quickly just going back trying to find that uh, server. I've been playing on a Minecraft server's finally got it sort of fairly right. Um, and I'm just trying to get one of ours, and, obviously. No, no, not ours. That's, they're, they're yeah. not right at all. That was that was always a that, given. That, that boy ain't right. <laughs> um, I'm just can't find the link that you sent me, but yeah, um, I've been playing on, on and off. Engine craft. Ran, yeah, um, randomly playing on and off for the last three or four days, and they seem to have the system um, fairly nicely organised. Yeah, that was why I ended up buying uh, Engine Coin as soon as they launched because I knew those guys had been programming for Minecraft plugins and everything for like the last 10 years or something like that, plus other games. So they know what they're doing. It's a reputable company and everything. So I thought, oh, well, they bought out a coin, so I'll invest with that and see how it goes. But um, mm. if using Binance, they also have other coins you can stake on there i think even bitcoin and stuff so i might look into that and see what you can do because the coins are not locked away so if i'm using my engine in wallet 2.0 which will be coming out the next few months you just select how much you want you could do all of your engine say stake this and it just starts earning stuff and if you want to use it again you can unstake it sell it or purchase things or whatever you want to do or convert it back into fiat if you don't, just leave it in there and I'll just keep accumulating. But doesn't it's not like a term deposit that you put into an account at the bank and you have to leave it there for 12 months or five years before you can use it ever again. Anytime you want, you just bring it back out, use it if you want, put it back in there, add some more, do whatever you want. It's great. Yeah, when you have a an engine wallet, it, uh, you've got to have the, the specific wallet for engine. Which is yep. a little annoying because yet another wallet you need, but you can see the different coins there that I've earned. And if I go into, um, yeah, it supports tons of coins in there. Yeah, I'm just, uh, the wallet. If you like, you can make that your main one. But I've got, I don't know, half a dozen wallets or more. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. The place. None of them are cold wallets, which is recommended for security reasons. But whatever. The, yeah, pretty much. 
Um, the only issue I have, it is a little bit clunky to use this app. I was just quickly trying to find the uh, list of games that I have in this wallet. Because it does oh, right. tell me. But suddenly it's saying not available. So I'm not sure if the wallet's playing up at the moment. But yeah, uh, uh, the, I've got three games currently linked to it. Um, oh, there we go. Age, Age, of Rust. Age of Rust, Lost Relics, and Meta City. Yep. Uh, are the three that are currently There's linked. probably at least another half dozen and or dozen that you can join as well. Some games haven't introduced me. Like Meta City is the one I'm currently playing. That's the, the Minecraft one. Yep. Um, Lost Relics, I've started to play. It looks okay, but my computer's not a fan of it. For yep. whatever reason, <laughs> after 10 minutes of playing it, it just crashes. Uh, Age of Rust could have been a very good game, but they, it's like they got halfway through development as a uh, like a top-down yep. game, and then they sort of like half of the team was working on a top-down game, and the other half of the team was working on a first-person shooter. And they kind of went, oh, well, let's just combine the two and you can have this 45-degree view of angle that obscures absolutely everything you're looking at. <laughs> so, and the controls are horrendous. But, I mean, same thing, though. You basically, you play the game. Yeah, you it's collect in beta things, anyway. You know, yeah. Uh, in the Minecraft one, you can play Skyblock or you can play Survival, but you basically, you farm, literally farm, farm stuff. You farm mobs, you farm animals, you chop trees, you do all the things you would normally do in Minecraft, and randomly you'll kill a mob and you'll get a coin, or you'll get an NFT, or you'll get something just randomly appear from an action that you're doing where you're playing the game. Now, if you enjoy playing the game anyway, that's just a bonus to playing the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't detract from the gameplay, and it only gives you a, an incentive to play it a bit more, but I mean... Some people play the game 24-7 anyway, and other people only play a couple of hours. But what's the difference? If you can play a couple of hours and chance getting a you know reward out of it, well, why not? Why not, yeah. You know. And they've, they've got the plug-in that you can download and put on your own server if other people are interested in that. I should probably say, I guess the easiest way to explain NFT, which is a non-fungible token, is just that it's a digital asset yeah. that lives on the blockchain. So when you sign up for Age of Rust, you actually get a uh, token, which is non-fungible. It's non-fungible just means you can't touch some things. It's not a physical thing. Yeah. So um, it's like a coin. It's like in some ways it is like a coin. Like a a, a crypto coin isn't actually a coin. It's a representation of a coin. (coughs) And an NFT is something similar. um, Something multiverse created. The Aeon Clips key. Oh, you got... See, I didn't get anything when I signed up. Um, I, I might to. have got that... Did I get that recently, or... I don't know. That but, one last sold on the 29th of April for $19.94. Yeah, so there you go. So, yeah, there are... like There are artists and stuff using paintings, and there's music, and there's all sorts oh, that of... Oh, one, that one I got November 30th, I think. Engine were just giving it away. So the lowest price it was sold... Probably not long after it came out was two dollars and ten cents. The highest price it was sold for is eighty three dollars ninety five for that mm. non fungible. And people are putting all sorts of stuff on there. There's a band that's going to release the next album as a non fungible token, which just means it's on the blockchain and is there permanently. There's um, and the artists more- are putting their pictures and photos and stuff on there. 
the uh, meme Charlie bit my finger video has been taken <laughs> off YouTube because they sold it as a one-time NFT and only one person in the world is going to own it, but they can sell it to somebody else if they agree on a price and it gets transferred ownership to them in their wallet and so on. And, and that's the thing, like what it, it, there's a one-off, so if someone destroys, I mean, it's different with the video because they exist, so it's kind of a bit silly, but with a lot of those things that are created specifically for the purpose, if, let's say the let's say the artist creates ten of them, so the value is divided across the ten of them, yep. and then a couple of people sell them. Okay, well that changes the value of the whole lot because they're now based on whatever that sales was. Yep. But if one of those people chooses to destroy it, then suddenly the value of the other nine increase because they've just got rarer. Yep, it's the, and same. the other thing you can do with stuff with non-fungible tokens including this one i've got is worth one engine coin right so what i can do is melt it mm. which is air quotes melted yeah. and it just means that non-fungible token doesn't exist anymore but i get the one engine value out of that into my wallet and then i can use that one engine and coin to stake and make more coins the irony of that is if you sold a equivalency you'd get about 40 coins for it so <laughs> you know yeah, <laughs> but what it does do, it see if you owned let's say you bought let's say there's 10 of those and you bought all 10 of them then you could destroy nine of them and you've now got the only one and the value of that one far outweighs the value of the 10 yep and the artist says they'll only make those 10 never anymore so yeah so there's a lot of gaming going on in in gaming <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it's something that um, Warcraft and them could use for their marketplace for stuff instead of dodgy websites and uh, Asian farmers going around getting gold and trading your ultra super uber mystical weapon or something. Yeah, that's it exactly. For five grand US. <laughs> yep. So, but yeah, no, it's been a. It's all been happening. We've had weirdest weather this week. We had hot and hot and raining today. Yep. We've had like four degree nights. We've had <laughs> like everywhere from thirty degree to twenty degree days. Like it's just it doesn't know what it's doing. I don't need the heater for my bedroom anymore because I've got the cart <laughs> mining twenty four seven. One of them <laughs> is running at sixty one degrees and the other at forty degrees, so it keeps my room a bit toasty. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, if you're a hardcore person, you'll buy a rack and stick it in the garage with big fans on it or something like that. It's got an industrial fan, but it keeps the room nice and warm. And since it's going to be working, it earns like $20 a day or $25 a day at the moment. <laughs> and if people have a look at the um, jasonoakley.com blog, you'll see an article that I wrote recently about upgrading the uh, thermal pads and paste on my 3090 card. I was, will I do it? Won't I do it? Am I going to screw it up? And I thought, stuff it, I'll give it a go. Damn, it was hard. I opened up the card, undid all the screws, pulled it apart, and it's got, at the top, there's one wire that goes across to one of those jumper plugs, and at the bottom, it's got two. So I thought, I'll just unplug the top one, and then I can open it up. It took me like 10, 15 minutes because you don't want to pull on the wires or you're going to snap them off and that's terrible. But it just wouldn't unplug on mine. I watch all these videos on YouTube and they're just like, click, 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 unplug the three. There you go. And then you do this. And I was like, how are you doing that? Mine seems to be like 
super glued or soldered on or something. But eventually I got one of my jeweler screwdrivers down in there and leveraged it out, cleaned up all the manufacturer uh, thermal paste, pulled off the thermal um, pads that they had, cut out mine out of the stuff I got from Amazon, stuck them all on there, stuck it on the other side, the same thing, screwed it all back together and plugged it in and... I was mining at about 80 to 90 mega hashes with that card. And because it was the memory was getting to 110 degrees and the card automatically throttles the speed so that you don't burn it out or set fire to your computer. So I kept it down a bit anyway below that so that it wouldn't even get to that heat. And then I was doing 80 to 90 mega hashes with that on there. Now I'm doing 120. And the memory doesn't get even up to 100 degrees. In fact, a lot of the time it's in the, right now it's 96 degrees. And that means the card can run a lot faster, get more of the mega hashes and get more crypto. That's it. That's it. The mine's just being weird. I don't know what's going on. It's just every time I try to do anything, uh, I can't figure the problem though because I can do graphic intent stuff like video editing and recording and streaming and playing like Minecraft and and live for speed and some of the other yep. games and, and some of the other games i play gta 5 no worries at all some stuff i load like bmng and a couple others and i get 30 seconds in the game and it crashes and then crypto mining some days it'll mine all day and be perfectly fine other days it'll mine for 12 seconds and lock the computer up so i just uh, I, is that the same thing that was happening with that um crypto game you're talking about would yeah. go for a bit and then stop uh, yeah, and yet I can play. Like, it doesn't. It's not that graphic intense. Like I have it maxed out in the settings, and it's only using you know thirty percent of the card. I've got a uh, graphics card I can sell you for about four grand. <laughs> so well, I'm hoping it's not my card because I can't afford to replace it. <laughs> so well, you what, can, but what, do you want that card? What was a three hundred dollar card is now about fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah. So <laughs> I've got a nine seventy. I mean, you can probably mine a dollar a day with it if you're lucky, but. <laughs> At least it wouldn't crash. Yeah, so I don't know, but I got to, I got to figure out what's going on there. But got enough stuff going on at the moment, you know, with the new shop and everything, and and all the intricacies that come what with. What shop running is that, Mister T? <laughs> uh, yeah, so Battery Central in uh, Ipswich. We we decided to purchase. I've been working for him for like fifteen years, and I've trained like three bosses, and I got Jacker training <laughs> bosses when he was. He's like, I'm selling. I'm like, screw it, I'm buying it. <laughs> So, I'll be the boss. So How, does that mean you have to train yourself now? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so, Can't teach an old will new tricks. That's it. Jumped into the <laughs> deep end on that. So just uh, plodding by with that and starting to leave that all set up and, um, yeah, trying to, you know, get back into doing the social media side of it and we're going to start doing YouTube videos and it's all going to sort of come back and... I'll keep you busy. And whatever. So, yeah. So, that's been a fun experience. And Twitter posts and Facebook. I and still keep forgetting about Twitter. I'm not too bad on Facebook. I think I've done one Instagram. Yeah. Um, I've updated the blog a couple of times on the website. So, there's that. <laughs> Twitter, I keep forgetting about. YouTube, I've just ordered a new camera. So, I can do that a bit better. Uh-huh. And, uh, it's a head-mounted, 4K. It's a head-mounted point-of-view camera that like little tiny one that sits here so when i'm ah. actually a lot of stuff i want to do is like show people how to change batteries and basic stuff like that and the best way to do it is point of view yep. but you mount a gopro they sit here but 
when you're working under a bonnet, you're always hitting it on the bonnet yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And so this one sits right beside, I think it sits on this side, sits right beside your sort of temple right there. It's and a Google it, Glass. Uh, no, it sort of. <laughs> it's a Opro, Opro something, FPV. Um, yeah. But it's pretty neat little camera, actually. It's a, yeah, Ordo, O-R-D-R-O, Audro uh, version 7 head mounted. It's 4K. It, it's not super amazing quality, but That's it's, what you want. it's good enough for what I want to yeah. do. And um, so we're going to do that. And then, you know, so it's all sort of happening a little bit. And I installed the new dash cam in my car. It's got a touchscreen and the camera at the front that hooks onto your current rear vision mirror and a camera way up the back. And I had, once I put all the camera wire from the front all the way around the back, I still had about five <laughs> foot of cable. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I found there was a bit down the back. I could jam it down behind the trim and fit in all in there. It was just one little cavity. So it's all jammed give you a there. bit of cable because I... Um... Yeah, I did my four-wheel drive with it, and I went for the full length, and I still have stuff left over in a four-wheel drive. So, yeah, they wow. gave me a bit of cable. <laughs> so. It came with another cable you could hook into your um, reversing lights, so it'll switch over and yeah, reverse, uh, re- yeah. become a reversing camera Yep. when you hit it into reverse, but I've already got that built into the car, so I just snipped that wire off, so it'd be one less to worry about. But Yeah. Mr. T got to hear about the funny story where my car suddenly wouldn't start after I'd installed the camera, and I thought, oh, no, what have I done? I've destroyed my car. I've shorted something out and broken the electronics or a fuse or something. Got NRMA out. What was it, Mr. T? What I said it was, like 12 seconds after you told me what you'd done. (laughs) Flat battery. Flat battery. Old battery. She's dead, Jim. Old battery and cold weather, never a good combination. No, no. So I'll get one from one of them battery companies up north somewhere. They seem to have some good prices and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, there's actually, you know, like we do send around the country, but some stuff, some stuff, it's not worth it. Like flooded, like normal car batteries. Um, yep. Freighting those is just stupid expensive. Costs more than the battery's worth to freight them. Yeah, but, <laughs> but a lot of your deep cycles, AGMs, your lithiums, all that sort of stuff you can send relatively cheaply. The, the, you know, and the lithiums are the one that they yeah, hate. Sending. I know the lithiums are the problem child. Yet they got no problem sending shipping them. So <laughs> go figure. Oh dear. What do we got up? Scrolling across the top here, actually working. Yeah, it's actually yeah, it's sort of behaving itself today. Yeah. Um, all the different places you can find it. So if you watch the video, you'll see all this stuff. See all the the and the and the, the ad at the start of the video. You, you'll get to see that too if you watch YouTube. But wow, you people on audio, you don't know what you're missing there out. There are some young fellas on that. Intro. <laughs> oh, the actual. <laughs> okay, so I may have selected the wrong video when I was mixing the intro video. <laughs> but hey, unless you're watching the video, you're not going to understand what we're talking about. You Old people school. The, you, yeah. pe- you people on the uh, on the podcast, you, you you get it easy, really. You, know? <laughs> you miss out you on the fun You don't have to stuff. see us. It's it. probably good for you. I've got a great face for radio. That's why I did it for so long. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, that, that's one advantage to radio. You don't have to worry about thinking about the video side of it. Yep. So, but uh, hopefully we can get some more production quality going. Once we can buy Glenn a 386, we'll be, we'll be cranking them out. With our Patreon and coffee money and stuff. Our Patreon, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, so patreon.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. 
Um, you can. There's a few different tiers there. You can choose, or you can choose your own if you wish. Um, is it coffee dot something? Okay. Ao-fi.com slash Aussie And uh, you can there, or if you prefer, some people pay us PayPal. There's a couple of people who do PayPal. There's a couple of people who do direct, direct deposit. There's numerous ways to give, give us money and make us rich. Yep. <laughs> and we no, love you for it. None Thank of that's so happened, much. but if somebody wishes to, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> and if you really <laughs> like us, subscribe, like, hit that bell. And then you can press the Bro button. Fist. It looks like a bell, too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we do some news. We've been going so for a while. We have actually, yeah. We probably <laughs> probably should do something about that. We've been going on and on and on. And on. Not that we're Mic- good at that. <laughs> Microsoft is planning to detail its next generation of Windows at an event later this month. The software giant has started sending invites to media for a Windows event on June the twenty fourth. Both Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella and Chief Product Officer Panos Panay will be presenting at the Windows event. Microsoft Windows event will start at 11 a.m. ET or 8 a.m. PT on June the 24th. The invite comes just a week after Nadella teased a next generation of Windows announcement. Microsoft is expected to detail its next significant changes to Windows, and they will likely include a number of visual enhancements. We're expecting to see some significant UE changes to Windows under something called codename Sun Valley. Microsoft's event invite appears to tease a new Windows logo as well. A lot of visual work has already started with the new system icons, file explorer improvements, and end of Windows 95 era icons. Microsoft is also focusing on improving the basic foundations of Windows with fixes for rearranging apps issue on multiple monitors and the addition of Xbox Auto HDR feature and improvements to Bluetooth audio support. Yay, I don't use Bluetooth audio support anymore because it drove me up the damn wall. Yeah, pretty much. Nadella has also promised to unlock a better economy for developers and creators within Windows itself, so we'll likely get a closer look at the store changes coming to Windows. Microsoft has been working on a new app store for Windows in recent months, and rumours have suggested Microsoft will open its store up to all apps and rival payment platforms. Because the current store, nobody goes there. It's not really even a store. It's It's very sad. It's got a lot of dodgy, very dodgy (laughs) programs on there. It's like a it's like a repository of all things bad. Yeah. But the you get things like um the Windows phone app that I your phone app that I installed so I can get text messages and stuff on the desktop computer instead of having to type on the terrible little keyboards that you get on your phone. That's only available in the Windows store. The Fitbit app I was using, I think, was only available in the Windows store and a couple of others, so Hopefully a new one will be better and they might actually get a team of people to go through and um, check them to make sure they're worthwhile putting on the store instead of just putting on any old crap. I doubt it, but it's a good theory. <laughs> right? <laughs> there's, um, yeah, there's a few programs. I was just trying to find the program that I use for doing that. Um, I think it's called Mighty Text. I can't remember. But basically yep. let's you use your phone on your computer. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, every Windows launch ever has promised the world and delivered, you know, a sinkhole. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, we'll just wait and see what happens with that one. It's, uh, I remember the... the and are they going to charge for it? It's a question. 
Well, this is it, isn't it? And they're going to do the whole end of life redundancy forced upgrade path. You know, because like, Mr. T loves them, doesn't uh, he? Because they've worked, <laughs> they've worked so flawlessly so far. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, it, it's. I mean, I'm an early adopter in some circumstances. Like there's some things I would love to get the the latest and greatest something that comes out, but in a lot of things where it's an assess an essential item or an, you know necessary to production or something like that, I hate getting the first version of anything. I usually wait, like uh, whether it's. Windows, you know, you wait at least 12 months, if not two years, before you even think about getting the latest version because it's just going to be buggy for that long. Um, I know I was talking to a guy who, he does a lot of YouTube stuff and um, I was trying to help him recover some videos that he'd lost because he went and bought the new GoPro, I think it's GoPro 6 or whatever it is, the new one that's coming out. And he recorded like, filled up like three memory cards full of stuff and like 90% of the video footage on it's all corrupt. And apparently oh, you, you scroll through the forums and this is a common thing. And okay, they'll fix that with firmware. But once again, it's a 12-month cycle. Yeah. I, I don't like things that require reliability and and functionality to to work and to, you know, make your livelihood, basically. I, I don't like being an early adopter. I like waiting. Um, yeah, you definitely wouldn't do it for your job stuff. You know, because unless your job is, you know, cutting edge tech, there's a reason it's called bleeding edge because some of the, the stuff that comes out um, is just, it's so bad. It, it's A lot of it's not even usable. I remember when um, Windows 7 first came out, like, the amount of hackery you had to do to get some of your Windows XP stuff running on it just to call it even remotely successful, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, I think we'll just wait and see. Like, even if it is a relatively successful version, and this obviously they're looking more at their open source side of it because recently they've been talking about implementing Linux as, as a... As a default, we were talking about the uh, what we were talking about the other week about having the um, uh, Telnet um, open source oh, yeah, PowerShell. and PowerShell and like, all this stuff. They're they're making open source, well, bringing back to open source how yep. they first started in the first place. Um, in reality, I don't think these days they make that much money from Windows. I think Windows, not from, at least from a consumer standpoint, yeah. I think most of their money comes from enterprise and server and, and the business side of it. So I don't think it would be bad business practice to release it in the same way you release Linux. You know, it's free for personal use, free for this and that, and to, you know, and then once you get into corporate and, and commercial, then you can charge for it because you're charging for support and you're charging for compatibility and you're charging for reliability and all that stuff that's required for that sort of yep. industry. And they'll make their money through selling Azure Service stuff and Office 365 and what have you. Yeah, exactly. And and, and that's, um, you know, that that's part of the... Uh, and what was that thing? The, um, uh, what was that? I can't think what it is, but that uh, 
enterprise um, video conferencing thing they do. Um, they basically have a 360-degree camera that sits in the middle of a conference table. Oh, yeah, and yeah. when someone starts talking, it locks onto them. And, you know, so they've got all this sort of stuff that, yeah, it's all enterprise stuff. And that's where the money is anyway. Let's face it. There's not, money, there's not that much money in... You want the consumers to upgrade to a free new Windows that's patched so that less people are going to have hacked servers running bots on stuff. Plus, too, if you've got, for example, you've got a a Windows XP um, NUC sitting in the corner running a media center with, uh, you know, Windows Office 2000 Student Edition sitting on it, you know, (laughs) eventually... You know, you want them to upgrade to something that they're going to have to put, you know. like And it's also good for developers because <laughs> you're like, I made a game that works great on Windows 10. Does it work on Windows 7? Does it work on Windows XP? Probably not. You might be able to do Windows 7 up. But eventually Windows 7 stuff's going to go away. So the more things that the developer has to try and get it to work on, they already got to make it try and work on 100 different graphics cards, sound yeah. cards, chip or CPUs, everything yeah you don't want to be supporting too many old versions so and just let everyone upgrade for free to the latest i think what hurt them when they did windows 10 was at the time windows 10 came out and even windows 7 to some degree when it came out the hardware requirements were above what the average consumer had laying around at home like, yeah, and windows 7 was supposed to be less resource intensive than xp yeah yeah it was it was it's hopeless, you know. But I think that's what hurt them to some degree. Like it, to go to these new operating systems, you had to buy a new computer. You couldn't run the existing computer, which turned most people off that prospect because you know you've had a computer for five, six years. It works perfectly fine. Why should I update yep. if I've got to either back up or get a computer store to back up and reinstall everything I've got, plus upgrade the operating system? Because my computer's not fast enough to run it, you might as well just buy a new one. What? You know, there's no point. Like, if you want it to run on five, five, six, seven year old hardware, because hardware has slowed down in terms of its um, huge speed jumps. I mean, yes, there are slightly faster and slightly faster processors and memory cards and. Uh, memory sticks and uh, hard drives and and graphics cards they are marginally faster than the model before it but we're no longer we're no longer following the law of of um doubling the speed every time a component comes out Moore's uh, law. yeah Moore's law that's not really feasible in in that regard like it used to be so you can have a five-year-old computer now that's and i do i've got another one sitting out that i use in the in the shed as my sort of workhorse computer for doing stuff out there it's what is it i think it's a can't think what it is now it's a i3 something you know and it it's perfectly fine it's that's a seven or eight year old computer now but it works perfectly fine for doing 99 percent of things I, i wanted to do with it yeah, and it's not that much slower for doing those normal things, browsing and Word documents and playing back videos and that sort of stuff. It does it at almost exactly the same speed that my brand new computer does. Yeah. You know, sure it can't, you know, play top-end games and it probably couldn't stream, but I'm not asking that from it to do that. Probably crashes less. <laughs> well, it actually, I guarantee you it crashes less. I don't think I've restarted it in about four years. Um, 
but it's also on Linux. So <laughs> there's, there's that. <laughs> um, you know, so I think uh, we'll see what happens, but I think that's something that's they've got to address just this whole throw away computer, buy a new one just because we want to update your operating system. And Same then with phones. We're going to force you to do it because we're going to make the old one redundant in two years. Yeah, Same know. with phones. Yeah, I mean, that's... At least I think Samsung was going to start supporting some of the older ones for a lot longer now. But, well, that's one thing I love about Xiaomi. Like, they still support their first model phone they released, and that was wow. eight or nine years ago. Yeah. yeah like, they full, have full backwards support on their stuff. Um... And I think that's, you know, exactly the thing. I think the whole uh, upcycle or the hand-me-down practice is coming back now. And, you know, three or four years ago, you'd, your old phone, you'd chuck it away or you'd put it in one of those bins, recycle bins or whatever, the yep. uh, reclamation bins. But now they're coming back around to, okay, well, let's spend the $35. Let's throw a new battery in it. Let's give it to our kid, or let's give it to our mother-in-law, or let's give it to you know. There's that whole mindset's changing slowly, I think now. So, the service life of products are um, becoming longer by virtue of the just being in service longer. Yeah, I gave um, old computer to my daughter's friend <clears throat> up in Cairns. My dad got one of my old computers. My nephews got um, an old laptop, and the other one got an old netbook, and mm. they're all. They can all do their homework and play some Minecraft and stuff. And Dad can do all his things, which he only had like four gigs of RAM on a very, very old computer, which was very slow, which is what you were saying. So uh, I've upgraded him to one of my old ones, which for me is, I think it was four or five years old. But for him, it's fantastic because it does everything he needs. Well, I'd say a shop up the road from us was closing down and they're chucking out their old computers. Yoink. So I said, hey, look, I'll grab those and I'll, I'll recycle them. I'll format the hard drives and, and hand them over. And they're, they're i5s. They're yep. old desktops. You know, they've got built-in graphics card, you know, 8 gig of RAM and 200 gig hard drives. But that's fine for, you know, I'll give one to Cam and he can have it for his learning how to use a computer thing for school and all that sort of stuff. And, yep. you know, I'll probably give one to someone else who just needs something for browsing and word processing. They're perfectly fine for that. You know, one's an old eight-channel being converted into an old eight-channel DVR for <laughs> security cameras. Yep. And it still plods along and does exactly what it needs to do. Yep. Yeah. In actual fact, you couldn't upgrade that because it uses uh, two PCI input cards for the for the cameras. So you couldn't <laughs> actually upgrade that to a new one anyway because there's no <laughs> new boards that got PCI slots on them. <clears throat> so. But, uh, yeah, so... What have you got for us? Speaking of old computers that are really slow and clunky, Australian Bureau of Statistics. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? I thought that was good. Subtle AF. <laughs> Says it's ready to deliver seamless 2021 census. <coughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, there's under 70 days left for the Australian government to ensure it's ready to capture the 2021 census in a more effective way than it did in 2016. The last one went so well. <laughs> Um, the Australian stat- uh, what? The Australian statistician David Gruen <laughs> says the ABS is well prepared and ready. The ABS is uh, hoping to avoid the embarrassment of the plague the agency nearly five years ago. The census has been built using the Amazon Web Services Cloud through a contract yeah. awarded to Peter. Of course, it has because yeah, don't do use it. IBM again. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
The change of approach is expected to encounter uh, to counter any repeats of what occurred in 2016 when the ABS experienced a series of small denial of service attacks. No, they didn't. <laughs> They experienced a series of small denial of service attacks because people couldn't access the site. <laughs> so I guess their service got denied. Not the normal <laughs> number of people who needed to access the site legitimately was too much for the service to handle and they shut themselves. But not just experienced a small denial of service attack, they also suffered a hardware router failure and balked at false positive reports of data being... Uh, ex- exfiltrated which resulted in the census website being shut down and citizens unable to complete their online submission um, so yeah they had two things go wrong neither of which should have been an issue on a real server Can I ask, um, <laughs> have, have you heard of this there's this new technology it's just come out I think in the last 20 years <coughs> called redundancy <laughs> ah Cloudflare yes <laughs> Uh, the sense they, they and elastic servers that just scale up when they need to. Assuming you pay the bill, well, it's the government. <laughs> yes, I mean they're using all their money is they're, going to bribe other people to vote for them. They've gone to the AWS platform, but they're using the free service. Yeah, <laughs> we got five thousand free, free, free tier yes. services. <laughs> And they we're probably going would to, too, you know that. We're going to Beowulf them all together or something. Uh, the census was previously run on on-premises, on-premises infrastructure, wow, procured from tech giant IBM, great, and stuff they raided at an office party one day and went, hey, let's make a server. <laughs> we got a 486 that's holding the back door open. After probably the, the server room door yeah, is what happens. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. Prop it open with this. If we just plug some cables into that, it'll be fine. After the outage of the 2016 online census, that's oh, 2016 now. Okay, it was 2015 a second ago. Um, with the continuing, uh, I'd like to explain some. I'd like to spend some time to explain some of the enhancements we've made to ensure we deliver a safe, secure, and effective census. We we Here put we all the hackers in jail, and there'll be no problem ever again. We've worked closely with PwC and Amazon Web Services to rebuild completely the census digital service, including cybersecurity protections informed by the Australian Cybersecurity Centre and other experts. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Australian Cybersecurity Centre are the ones who think that you can stop access to a website by blocking the DNS of the server. Problem solved. Yeah. Because that they, they'd stopped all the piracy in Australia. That works so well that they blocked their own website for months before they could figure out what they'd done wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? They uh, they wondered why traffic to their website had dropped, and they realised they'd blocked their own IP in part of a crackdown on torrents. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's a joke, isn't it? So yeah, so basically, expect more of the same, pretty much. Um, as you'd imagine, conducting a census is an enormous logistical exercise. Well, you didn't imagine that the first time. Um, can take years of detailed planning involving everything from building more than 50 IT systems to purchasing over 100,000 masks. Computers don't need masks. Has anybody <laughs> told him this? They have a net mask. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it means. 
It means they they screwed up purchasing masks and sending them out everywhere. They screwed up the vaccine rollout that they were so happy to be providing and thought that everybody would start loving them again because they had it. But no, now they've got people wandering from one nursing home to another, working there, spreading stuff around too, that they don't know what to do. But it's fine. Vote for us again. People who had their property lost during the bushfires two years ago still haven't got a dime. No, the bank, the... the... But we got $600 million for a new gas electrical station that's not going to get used because there's already others that are not being used. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's fine. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Nothing this to see. It's fine. No. It's not their money anyway. It's only taxpayer money. Yeah, it's only, tax, it's only, it's only our money. Not like, coming out we, of your pocket. You know, what were we going to do with it? We weren't going to do anything with it anyway. Solar farms and all that rubbish. <laughs> Nobody needs that. Oh, dear. So, yeah. So, hey. I was going to say, so um, uh, let's see what happens on the 10th of August. Uh, we'll see what happens if the entire internet falls apart again. You know what they're just going to do? Amazon did something. We'll <laughs> yeah. blame Amazon. It's yep. all their fault. The largest file host in the world didn't support us it properly. It never goes down. <laughs> I think hasn't it gone down like in... What's it been operating? 10 or 15 years or something and it's yeah. gone down like twice for like an hour. Yeah. Azure <laughs> and stuff go down but Amazon's great. Well, Amazon's got so much. They, they, do, they do the whole Google thing though. They they actually learnt the way Google... And Google still does to this day what how they started off doing. They literally buy secondhand and refurbished equipment and yeah. use it. <clears throat> and because yeah. it's so cheap they just build 30 systems instead of 3. And, and if, it's got redundancy. And if 10 or 15 fail, it doesn't matter because they still come out in front. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's just that they, they, they're smart. I'll give them that. But um, apparently Amazon's starting to do the same thing now. All right. Uh, from what I understand, they, they, they do a very similar process where they just buy, they go to an auction of a clearance for a server, you know, farm or whatever, and they go, I'll take everything. Yeah. And they assemble what they can out of it. And, uh, you know, they pay nothing for it. They they paid nothing for it. They shove as much memory and as much hard drives into these things as they can. Same thing, refurbished hard drives. Yep. And um, then as the hard drive dies, they just put another one in. And if that ah. hard drive dies, they put another one in. Like they're all, you know, hot swappable. They're all hot swappable. It doesn't. They don't care. It's just it's it's. And they reckon they still come out. Like it was a couple of years ago. I read the stats for Google, but they were saying that. They mathematically come out like five thousand percent in front or something yep. than if they were buying new equipment, even with all the changeovers that they have to do and the staff they have to employ to continually monitor the staff. Yep. They still come out in front. <clears throat> Mad. So well, if we're doing Amazon, I'll switch my story to Amazon will no longer test most job applicants for marijuana use in the latest sign of America's changing relationship with pot. Amazon, the second largest private employer in the U.S., also says it now backs legalizing marijuana nationwide. In the past, like many employers, we've disqualified people from working at Amazon if they tested positive for marijuana use, the company said in a blog post. However, given where state laws are moving across the U.S., we've changed course. With a shift in policy, the only job candidates Amazon will screen for marijuana are those applying for positions regulated by the Department of Transportation, a category that includes delivery truck drivers and operators of heavy machinery. 
The company says it will handle marijuana the same way it deals with alcohol, and it will still test for all drugs and alcohol after any accidents or other incidents. Amazon is also acting on the political level, throwing its weight behind the push to legalize marijuana in the US and expunge criminal records for nonviolent marijuana related convictions. The company says its public policy team will be actively supporting the MORE Act, the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, a move that adds momentum to legislation that was reintroduced in Congress on Friday. The MORE Act will remove marijuana from the list of drugs in the Federal Controlled Substances Act, making its status similar to alcohol and tobacco. It will also tax cannabis products, directing some of that money towards investments in communities that have been harmed by marijuana's criminalisation. We hope that other employers will join us and the policymakers will act swiftly to pass this law, Amazon said in a statement about its support for legal marijuana. Come on, Australia, follow. Yeah, right. We can't even figure out what we're doing with EVs. How are we supposed to figure out what we're doing with marijuana? (laughs) Let's tax EVs. That's what we should well, do. I love Put the a fact- bigger tax on them so nobody buys them. Well, that's exactly what they're doing in some states. Was it? Was it you who was telling me that um, they make they can make import cheap EVs that people could be buying right now, but because yeah. Australia is so crap on the EV side, they're just sending them to other countries and they're not even offering it here because yeah. they'll offer the expensive ones for uh, Mister Joe Rich money bags. Because yep. he'll buy it, but the cheaper <clears throat> ones that everybody in Australia would buy in a in a split second, they're like, "Well, we can't because your infrastructure doesn't support it. Your government isn't interested in it, so we just send them off to other countries Espe- that uh, especially, green and happy." Especially now, the Victorias just introduced legislation saying that you're now paying per kilometre for your road tax because you're not paying fuel excise. <sighs> but it's okay, which, which the fuel excise that Australia since nineteen fifty nine has never used on the roads <laughs> right, or exactly. anything else. It goes straight into the coffers anyway, so it doesn't make any bloody difference. And then, um, and this is the other thing I find hilarious. <clears throat> I'm about to talk to a story about uh, a power company, but the, we we're talking a couple of weeks ago about how New, I think it's New South Wales and South Australia are talking about charging people for power that's going back into the grid off their solar panels during the day yep so i found it hilarious that a couple of weeks ago up here we had one of our power stations went boom um and we haven't had baseload power properly and the only thing that's been propping the grid up during the day is the solar which i can prove because solar generation through so there's i'll talk about the company in a minute but basically they give you a graph of what's going on and you can see during the day, the price is all over the place because there's no baseline. Most but, normal companies say, we'll charge you this all the time. Yeah, that regardless. way, if it drops down to zero, they're not, they're not taking zero dollars from you. They're still taking this much. If it goes up, well, they'll weather it till it comes back down again. But yeah. if, if you could be paying less for your electricity, you can't. Yeah. Well, because the wholesale price changed hourly, literally for what's available. Half hourly. Well, actually, yeah, half hourly. Yeah. And um, and so this there's a company called um, Amber Electric, which I've just recently discovered. Um, where's the thing? But I've been seeing ads for it all over Twitter for some reason. They must know I like solar. I could probably tweet it about <laughs> my solar panels and batteries and stuff. So you can see if it's a little bit hard to see here, but if I go back to yesterday. So, we'll look at, I don't know. The colours help. Yeah, a little bit. We'll go back and look at, uh, uh, it's it's not going to let me go back far enough. 
But I was looking at these these times yesterday. So if we go to where are we? Lunchtime today. We were paying forty four cents, which sounds like a lot. Forty four cents per kilowatt. Because if you're on a flat rate, you would only be paying anywhere between sixteen and twenty five in Queensland, depending on where you, you you get. Some of them are as much as forty, depending on the plan you're on. But generally, you're paying sort of no more than thirty. But the thing is, yes, and it's because we had a cloudy day today. Now, if I switch over and go to my solar feed-in, at the same time, at 12 o'clock today, I was getting 28 cents per kilowatt feed-in. Yeah. Because they're desperate for power to be put into the grid, so they were paying at four at 6 o'clock, where are we? Uh, yeah, 6 o'clock this afternoon, they were paying $7 a kilowatt for power to be fed into the grid. Nice. Um. And yesterday, where it was a really sunny and bright day, I was only paying four cents, I think, at lunchtime yesterday. I was paying and sometimes four. it can go <clears throat> negative. Yeah, yesterday I was paying four cents a kilowatt because during the day, all the solar panels were propping the propping the power grid up, and so power was worth nothing, and I was getting about three cents for feeding. Um, and yeah, it is possible that if you have a excess bulk of power, which I did a couple of hours ago, I was actually being paid, I can't remember what it was, 20-something cents. I was I was actually being paid per kilowatt to use power yep. because their base load was higher than the than the consumption and they have means they have to shut off a generator, which adds lag to the system. So um, you can see tonight the power is expected, you know, at midnight it's going to drop down to 18 cents a, kil- 18, a kilo, 18 cents a kilowatt yep. for consumption later tonight. Um, you know, but it can go up to a couple of dollars. But so Amber literally charged you the wholesale price plus I can't remember what it is a dollar a day. I think it was for monitoring fees. I didn't yep. go back and double check, but it's it's not much. It's literally you're paying for the power you use when you use it. Um, and, and they also <laughs> guarantee you will never pay over what you would have paid if you were with another company anyway. Yeah, so they go. So if it went right up to like five dollars per kilowatt hour, which pushed your bill up so high, they cap it so that you won't be going higher than what you would have if you had a steady, solid um, yeah, payment. Yeah, you will get the uh, you will get the bill, but they'll give you a credit for the difference. Um, and the the thing is that. They base that on what they call the gov. I think they call it the government price average or something like that, and it's yep. what the government regulates, supposedly regulates the power at. So, but the thing is, because it's been so high here for the last week or so, because we had that power station explode, I got an email from them today saying that based on your usage and based on what the average consumption would be and what you would normally pay, we're going to give you a ninety-six dollar credit Whoa. on your bill. Could be happy with just, that, just because. But you are Bill. <laughs> what? Um, so basically, at the end of the month, whatever my, my bill says it's going to be, yep. um, it's going to be $96 off that bill. And they send so, you alerts all the time. So if it's going to, if it's like 12 o'clock in the at lunchtime and they say electricity is going to jump up to, what, $3 per kilowatt hour, they give you a warning. So yeah. if you don't have batteries, if you don't have things like that, you can turn off your washing machine, the dishwasher, the oven, swimming pool pumps and stuff like that for the time and then you'll get another alert at 7 o'clock saying, okay, the price has dropped back down to 30 cents, you can switch more back on again so you're not yeah. 
using up the electricity and you know when it's going to happen you can look at the app you see it constantly you can um they, they got um smart systems which is going to be able to hook into my tesla powerwall 2 battery yeah. and the smart meter will feed in these prices half hourly so my my uh, battery will when it knows that later this afternoon the price is going to be two dollars three dollars five dollars per kilowatt hour it'll switch over and only use the battery if there's no solar yeah and i've got a similar thing once i get our electric vehicle uh once we get the van for that i can have it running off a off a charger off a zappy charger and then we can charge during the day while the solar panels are generating excess power so it's charging for free and then at six o'clock of the night when the power spikes for demand for solar for and the price goes up to, you know, five, six, seven dollars a kilowatt feed in. I can then turn my van. The zappy will pull the power from the van, feed it back into the grid, yep. so I can actually get paid at a ridiculous amount of money to feed power back into the grid for a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, now if I had, if I had uh, enough um, sunshine this afternoon at five o'clock, I would have been. A- being paid solar feed-in of $2.11 yeah. at $5.30, $3.41. Now, you tell me what company you can sign up that'll give you $3.41 feed-in. Well, I know it's going to be not much because I've only got panels on the east side where the sun comes up, but if you've got enough sun and you've got like north-facing or something like that and it's still getting some, mm. $3.41. Well, this afternoon, mine's starting at, 4, at 3.30 when I'm still getting my max output. Yep. Was started at a dollar eighty, and then it crept all the way up to seven dollars thirty by six o'clock. But the thing is, okay, at six o'clock, I'm not putting solar in. But here's the kicker: I can then flip the van over and say, okay, feed back into the grid. So five thirty, six, six thirty, seven o'clock, when it was seven dollars, you know, six six fifty, seven dollars a kilowatt, I can be putting, you know, twenty kilowatts back into the grid at seven dollars a kilowatt. <laughs> Ka-ching. So, you know, it's great. So, Get an yeah, email so, from Amber. Dear Mr. T, you seem to be getting credits every week. We don't, Every month we don't know what's going on. We're paying you. So, Are we supposed to be taking money from you? It does get you to change your use case a bit. So, for example, of an afternoon now when we come home to put tea on, we don't put stuff in the air fryer like we were. We use the gas oven. But what yep. it means at lunchtime when the sun's shining, we do use the air fryer and we use the, you know, the microwave and we use the slow, we use everything during the day when, because I've got, I've got 12 kilowatts of solar. So I, I almost can't use as much power as I can generate on a good day. Plus yeah. I'm still feeding back into the grid. And you can do things like put your washing in and set a timer on it so yeah. it'll turn on so when the time. solar's on. Well, that's what we do. We'll often pack the dishwashers in the washing machine in the morning and set the dishwashers to come on it. I set one to come on at like 11 and then one to come on at like one so that it spreads them out because we've yep. got two half-size benchtop yep. dishwashers. Um, and then the washing machine I'll set to like four o'clock in the afternoon so it's still late enough that they'll be done by the time we get home but it's early enough that there's still enough sun to off- offset yeah. the washing machine. So it does make you change some practices. Now, if you've got a massive base load during the day, so say you have a garage workshop and you've got a compressor or a welder that you're using and you don't have solar and pull pumps um, and stuff it's not necessarily going to help you out if you can't modify your baseload depending on when the power's cheap 
it may not necessarily be suitable. Pool pumps is a classic one because they often run <coughs> early, you know, six o'clock to eight o'clock of a morning or nine o'clock of a morning and then four o'clock to like seven o'clock of a night and that's when power's at its most expensive. But if you've got a you Tesla know. power wall with the smart switch stuff. Or if you can change your base load when the power's cheap. Yep. But yeah, so look into it. It may not necessarily be for you. It won't work with everybody. As I said, if you've got a constant base load that you can't change, um, it's not going to be applicable. It's not going to work. You're better off with a fixed rate because ultimately it will work out cheaper. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, um, it's, it's you know, Amber, Elec is, Amber Electric is their website, um, .com.au. You can go there and check them out and sign up and whatever and... You need a smart meter, and they'll give you a smart meter if you don't have one, that sort of stuff. But um, it's pretty cool. Um, I'll keep you informed on how things go over the next few months. Well, I haven't been with them for that long, but uh, hopefully if they deliver on their promises, um, it should be a whole lot of fun. And hopefully it'll re- I'll, I'll know in another 20 days whether or not it's reduced my bill or not. <laughs> yeah, I'll be in the same boat, but uh, due to not having a smart meter here, it'll take a bit longer before I'm on the actual half hour price thing but uh they'll guesstimate it like a normal one would until then so it says uh because i don't have a smart meter six up to six weeks for the final read uh, from the current company and then they'll switch over then so looking forward to that yep so yeah so we'll see how that goes you got a couple we got a quick one or uh, Tesla said it expects to spend more than $1 billion a year on battery raw materials from Australia, given the com- country's uh, reliable mining industry and responsible production practices. Robin Denham, chair of the US car maker, said on Wednesday that Australia, which is rich in minerals used for batteries like lithium and nickel, is poised to benefit as developing supply chains for electric vehicle batteries and green energy age focus on environmental, social and governance. We expect our spend on Australia min- Australian minerals to increase to more than $1 billion per annum for the next few years, he said. Tesla is already sourcing three quarters of its lithium feedstock from Australia and over a third of its nickel. Australian mining companies do have a good reputation, great expertise, professionalism, and are preferred by manufacturers increasingly concerned about meeting both today's and future ESG requirements. The comments are in line with the new policy underway by US President Joe Biden's administration to rely on allies to supply the bulk of metals needed to build electric vehicles. Australia's exports of hard rock lithium, known as Spodomene, are expected to hit $1 billion this year, while its nickel exports are expected to be valued at $4 billion. Tesla also supplies batteries to Australia to store energy captured from rooftop solar panels, which shore up reliability in its energy network. Australia has the world's highest, capita de- highest per capita density of rooftop solar panels. Yep. No thanks to the government. Yeah. Um, and I can't find the story because I'd short notice, but you sent me an article earlier where Qantas is doing the same thing. They're investing yep. heap of money into uh, the mining infrastructure for batteries and stuff as well. So interesting to follow that and, <clears throat> and see how all these uh, Chinese-owned mines, how well they come out of it all. You want to get, get into money? The mines is always where it is. And well, this is the thing, isn't it? Not just the mines, but the local economy around the mines. Um, I remember going to Mackay 
you know, and a normal, you know, fish. Uh, Macca's was a classic example. <laughs> you go to Macca's normally, and it was, you know, $8 for a large, you know, Big Mac meal or whatever. You go to... You go to Macca's in Mackay, and it was like fifteen dollars for the same thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> everything. It's all the mine, all the people working in everything mining in stuff that town. Gets six figures, no matter what you do. Yeah, but it, it kills. They they shoot themselves in the foot because they end up paying. Like a friend of mine was working in the mines over in Western Australia, yep. and they were paying six hundred dollars a week for a powered caravan site because because it was a mining town. Right. And like wow. they're earning a huge amount of money, but they're paying a huge amount of money. Yeah. So they don't have any money. Like it's it's absolutely point. It's just dumb. <laughs> the, the economy could th- could thrive so much more if they weren't just blatantly ripping off the people who are living in the town. Yeah. They they don't. Everyone buy. sees the dollar <laughs> signs, and that's all that matters. They don't buy from their local town. They go away where it's cheaper and buy stuff. And the towns wonder why they're dying. It's like, well, stop ripping off the people who are trying to, who who live in the town. And the town yeah. says, "No, nah, I don't think so." Yeah, don't do, don't be silly. That'd be the smart thing to do. Why would we do that? <laughs> Folks are dumb where I come from. <clears throat> hmm. Anyway, speaking of um, ripping people off, we've ripped off people for well over an hour of their time so far. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it for your stories. Ah, uh, that's, that's all the important ones. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and coffee.com slash Aussie Tech Heads. Email us, will or warlock at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com 24-7 back-to-back playback of tech-related shows from around Australia and New Zealand. See you next time. Bye. Bye.